Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. My name is Jenna Konar, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, where each episode we finish that sentence with a career title and bring you an experienced professional to give us the inside scoop on that profession. Today, we're covering the topic, I Want to Be a Registered Dietitian. So to learn more about this career, I'm talking today with Sarah Krieger. Sarah is a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and she's also the spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Thanks for joining me today, Sarah. I'm honored to do this interview. I love my job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad to have you today. So before we dive directly into the topic, do you want to tell me a little bit about your background as a registered dietitian? Sure. I've been a dietitian for 18 years. I started off in college at a junior college with finance, art, and social work. And I wasn't finding my happiness. And it was actually my father who introduced me to the program Dietetics from Michigan State University. I had had a very strong food service background, like most high school and college students, I worked in food service Mm -hmm. from the ages of 16 to 21 in a nursing home kitchen. So doing tray line and, you know, learned a lot of things from the cooks. I've always, always, always loved cooking from a young age. I would look at food magazines and recipes, you know, while my friends were going out doing other things, (laughs) but I never thought it would come to a career. So when my dad said, you know, this dietetics program, it's it kind of is maybe what you would want to do. So once he showed me that, then then everything just came into place. And so it sounds like you had a strong interest in food and you kind of had a, a working background in that. Was there anything else about the career that attracted you or that seemed appealing for you? It's a combination. And again, at dietetics, you can have a career within the career because there are so many branches of it. Mm-hmm. So obviously my background was culinary but there are so many dietitians that do not have a culinary background. Maybe they love science or the medical field, maybe doing the food science, working with food companies and in labs. So there are so many different avenues. Uh, we all have very different ones. There are 75,000 members of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and under that there are at least 40 different subgroups of networking. I am just one of thousands, so the culinary definitely was my path, but not the only one. So it sounds like there's a lot of variety within the profession that you can kind of take all different paths. So I was wondering if you could tell us what a typical day would look like for a registered dietitian. And now it's going to differ, obviously, depending on which um, focus they have or which setting they're in. But in general, what would you say that a registered dietitian's day will look like? When I first started out in the career, my college advisor advised us to start in the clinical world, which means working in a hospital. I don't like blood. I don't like, (laughs) I'm not a nurse. Um, There's a reason I stick with the food. But I started in that part of the field for about three to five years. And I'm so glad I did because I was able to see all the different diseases and how food interacts with that. So I say that first because clinical dietitians are probably the heaviest amount. I I would say the most dietitians work in that area. And that would be a full-time, you know, Monday through Friday, typical work days. However, some work weekends, and then you can take a day or two off during the week, which is what I did when I did clinical. So full-time. Okay. Then there's, you can do so many part-time things. That's where I am right now. I'm married with three kids, and I love, love, love the flexibility of doing different consulting jobs. 
So I'll just share what I do now. Okay. And it, it's different from five years ago. So 50% of my time is at my local children's hospital, and I'm in the community department now. So 100% of my time is out either consulting or in the community teaching classes. Okay. I teach weight loss classes to families, so we partner with the Y. So my hours typically are when my children are in school between 8 and 3, and then I will go back out in the evening and teach a class from 6 to 8. Not every day, but at least two days a week. Okay. And then occasionally, right, I still will work a weekend. I also do some personal chef work. For example, today, drop the kids off at school. I go cook at someone's home for two hours, come back, check emails, have to plan what I'm going to make the next day. Um, you know, they're shopping, cleaning up, reminding people when I have appointments with them for the next couple days. I also consult for Healthy Start, which is federal program for pregnant women up through age three. So my world is definitely heavy with um, the culinary and families and pediatrics. So combination of private practice versus consulting with my local hospital's community department. Okay. So it sounds like it might be a good career for someone who enjoys variety and maybe meeting with different people in different settings, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. Communication skills are key for this career. Okay. And one thing I was curious about as I was researching this, I noticed that registered dietitian and registered nutritionist were kind of used interchangeably. Is there a difference between the two or is it just the two different names for one profession? So registered dietitian has always been the foundation of what dietitians do. And because everyone eats, everyone seems to feel that they're an expert in eating. Mm-hmm. And sometimes advice can get crossed over in a non-licensed way. So in the past couple of years, I just call them the Academy, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics took it upon to say, all registered dietitians are nutritionists, but all nutritionists are not registered dietitians. And the difference is education. Okay. The amount of education that we receive requires a four-year bachelor's degree. Most of it is a BS, a Bachelor of Science. Most, if not all, and especially by 2024, it will be encouraged, recommended. You have to get a master's in something. I have a master's of public health. You know, some get just an MS, a master's of science with uh, obviously in nutrition. My friends that have an MBA. So again, there are different avenues that you can go with your master's, and then obviously PhD in nutrition is an option. And most that have PhDs do a lot of research in the nutrition field and end up teaching dietetic students at the university level. Okay. So a nutritionist, you know, there's lots of different programs. The lowest education would be a six-week online course. Okay. (laughs) And right, so Mm Compare the difference, and I always recommend if someone is seeking credible nutrition advice, go to the eatright.org website and find a dietitian, and you know that you are getting a person who has a fantastic educational background. And so you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Besides the education, the different settings that a registered dietitian can work in, so it sounds like a hospital, maybe schools. What are some of the different places that you could work as a registered dietitian? Hospitals, yeah, community Mm -hmm. and inpatient, outpatient. You can do outpatient counseling. Schools, and again, a lot of these are through grants. So I always encourage, that's what I 
love is working under grants. They're part-time and they end, but then another one usually comes up. Sports nutrition is hot right now. We're meeting a lot of young entering the career that want to become sports nutrition certified. So again, even under the, the RDN credential, you can get a certification in a subspecialty. And nutrition support would be another one. Anyone who knows someone who's had a feeding tube, that can be a specialty. Pediatrics is a specialty. And then there's the whole food science side of it. Anyone that wants to work with food companies, which is fantastic because there's always, as we know, every time we go to the grocery store, we see new food products. A lot of times registered dietitians will work with food companies to get the formula or recipe correct or, or whatever new food product is coming out. Lots of different areas to go to, and all of them you don't have to do forever. <laughs> you right. can pick and choose, yeah, and you can kind of try one thing and think, okay, that's maybe not for me. Maybe I want to. Maybe I love sports now. I want to do um, more sports nutrition. So again, a lot of different avenues for people to take. Right, and I would think the flexibility of it would be a big draw for people too. Once they get into the field, they have the option of maybe trying the clinical setting right away and then maybe transitioning into something else. So that would definitely be an advantage for a lot of people. Yes, especially for those starting families compared to other, you know, we're a predominantly female-oriented profession. However, in the past 10 years, we've seen more and more males becoming dietitians, which is fantastic, fantastic. Regardless of when a person starts a family, the flexibility and hours working evenings or weekends, which I personally love, but again, that's the food service side of me. And some dietitians, no, 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 I only want eight to four. So you can have any schedule. Absolutely. You can have any schedule that you want. And you also mentioned um, earlier about communication being a big skill that you need, regardless of whichever setting you may be in. Are there other skills or maybe personalities that are a good fit for this career? So one of the reasons I almost did not become a dietitian was because (laughs) of the heavy science courses that we have to take. I meet a lot of dietitians that love the science, the medical side of it. And some even become, go on to become PAs or nurse practitioners because they love so much of the medical side. But again, that's just one part of it. So if you are a critical thinker, you know, someone who really likes to analyze and troubleshoot, you know, if someone comes to me with food allergies or high cholesterol, there's a little bit of troubleshooting just like a physician would do to figure out, okay, what are the what are the nutrients that you're needing? What are the recipes that you need? So you have to have a combination of the critical thinking, analyzing, um, and then being creative. And there's a slogan we have in our field, it's not nutrition unless someone eats it. So it's not about just giving somebody a 2,000 calorie meal plan. Okay, bye, good luck. <laughs> we have to make sure that they're willing to eat the foods that we recommend. So communication, obviously, building rapport, right? Mm -hmm. Building rapport when you meet a client, regardless of where they are in life, and motivating them to make some changes in their lifestyle. And I would think that communication and building relationships with your clients would be one of the advantages of this type of career is being able to improve people's lives, even if it's in this one way. What would you say is something or a few things that you absolutely love about being a registered dietitian? I saw in the last year, you know, some of the top 100 jobs um, related to stress. And registered dietitian was on there as one of the least stressful jobs. Hmm. So I, isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
I maintain that we can create our own stress or, you know, it depends what, you know, if you're in, in management, you know, if you have people working underneath you, especially in a food service, I'm sure it could be a little stressful. But if you are a cookbook writer or you're doing research, you know, if you love what you do, then the stress should be low. So personally, I feel that it's not as stressful as other positions, mm-hmm. but a person can create their, their own stress. And like I said, the flexibility and the variety, I love doing different things even in one day. Like I described what I do in one day, and some people think, oh my goodness, I'm exhausted listening to you. <laughs> but, but I love it. If I'm doing two hours of cooking and then consulting with families, tonight I teach a class, you know, you have to learn how to manage your time, which is important for any career, time mm-hmm. management skills, organizational skills which I tend to be pretty good about doing, you know, and delegating if you're working as a team, finding your strengths and weaknesses and working with a team that balances that. And then on the flip side of the things that you love about your career, what would you say are maybe some of the more challenging or difficult aspects of it? I mentioned that um, because everyone eats, everybody's an expert in what they like to eat, right? Mm -hmm. So dietitians, we have to be really on top of what diet books, what food trends are out there, whether we agree with them or not. If something is on a medical doctor show and millions of people are watching that and all of a sudden that becomes the trend of what people are eating and buying, if we are defensive or negative, then that that gives registered dietitians, you know, not a bad reputation, but, you know, television is the number one source of information for nutrition and health. And if that's where people are getting into their information, then we have to be on top of that. So a lot of people get, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to watch, I don't want to be in the know about this <laughs> supplement, supplements and diet pills. And we have to know what consumers are using and educate them in the correct way of how to use those. Right. That would be one challenge. Obviously, everyone never, no one makes enough money, right? Everybody is mm-hmm. wanting to make more, more, more. However, again, if you are consulting, you know, you can create your own pay scale. Well, I think you've given us a great overall view of what the career looks like and what the day-to-day tasks are. So for a student, maybe a a high school or college student who's looking to get into this field, I know you had mentioned as far as the educational background that a Bachelor of Science would be required. What else can you tell us about the education or any like internships or um, practical experience that you need in order to get into this career? So definitely we have an internship requirement, which is up to 1,200 hours now. Okay. Um, And that changed from 900 a few years ago. So my biggest advice to students, I immediately got an internship after I graduated with my um, bachelor's because mostly of my uh, volunteer hours and my experience in the food service industry. So I've had interns since who maybe they worked retail, you know, maybe they worked in a mall clothing shop, then they graduate college, they have no volunteer or work experience at all in the industry. So the good thing about working in quick service or a restaurant, anything food related, you can put that on your resume and that will bump you up higher on the list for internships. So obviously GPA, everyone can get a three-point 3.8 or 4 point or higher these days, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that anymore because there are a lot of smart cookies out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's about the volunteering and, you know, what what have you done besides just get A's on tests. So Meals on Wheels, working in a hospital, 
You know, most hospitals have volunteer programs. Anything in the community, Habitat for Humanity, anything, you know, serving meals to the homeless, all that counts. So the more you have of that, the more likely you will be matched for an internship sooner after graduation. And then once you take the internship, some will get their master's at the same time. I personally did not. I did the internship solid full-time for six months, and then I went to work for five years, and then I went back to get my master's. But after you do your internship, then you take a national exam, and then you get your registration license. Okay. So those are the steps. One last thing, too. We have to keep 75 hours of continuing education every five years. Okay. So it's not just about taking the one, not an exam, but, you know, going to conferences and staying up to date with current nutrition trends. Right. And I would think that would make sense in this type of career where things are always changing, new research is coming out, that education every several years would probably be really important to your career. It is. Yep. So then for the students who are listening, who are thinking about maybe going into this career, what would you say is maybe an approximate um, salary or compensation for this job? And what might increase the salary over time? Entry level inpatient, again, it depends where you live in the country Mm -hmm. and the type of hospital. And if you are doing outpatient or inpatient ICU, the more critical care it is, the higher the compensation for a hospital. Okay. I have not met too many grads that go right into the food science working in the industry, but I, you know, the sky's the limit. If you have a passion for whatever leg of the nutrition field that you want, anything can be negotiated. And again, as you build your resume up and you have those communication skills, the sky's the limit for compensation. Yeah. And some will go on to write books and then you just Obviously, the more the longer that you're in your career, and I'm meeting second career dietitians as well, you still have to work your way not up, but just branch out and network mm-hmm. and yeah, communicate with other industries. I didn't even mention corporate wellness. Okay. Doing lunch and learns for businesses as a wellness provider. So there's so many avenues and you just have to negotiate the pay. Okay, so then for yourself personally, looking back on your career as a registered dietitian and all the experiences that you've had, if you had the chance, would you choose this all over again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm not even done. I would say, you know, I'm about halfway through my career. And what I've learned in the last couple of years for myself is to let go of some of the contracts that have not been passionate for me and focus my energy on what my passion is within the industry. I go back to cooking. I always love it. Mm -hmm. And not everybody wants to be a personal chef. And I love it. And I also love communicating with families on childhood obesity. So I stick with that. So I think that's the bottom line, too, is you can, when you first get out into the field, you quickly learn, especially in your internship, what you like and what you don't like. And that's great. Just focus on your passion as you navigate the career. And with your passion for cooking, I'm sure you're, you know, cooking for friends and family. And this is a slightly off-topic question, but I was just curious. When you're around your friends and family, do you feel pressure to eat healthy foods at all times? Or is that not really a thing that you experience? Right. So I I do eat pretty healthy. However, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I enjoy 
you know, desserts just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. I would say the pressure is more on them. <laughs> they, oh, okay. <laughs> they, they, a lot of people feel like they will be judged <laughs> if, okay. if they eat with dietitians and that they should relax because, you know, the, we love community meals. I love, love, love entertaining for family and friends. And to me, it's the conversation and the time and healthy, nutritious food at the same time. So I love making beautiful, nutritious foods that taste great so people don't have to feel guilty about eating anything. Right. And I'm sure it's all about balance as well, making sure that of course. the majority of the food is healthy, but every once in a while letting yourself indulge. Naturally, yes. <laughs> so if you were in the shoes of the job seeker, as we're getting close to the end of this podcast, how would you advise them? What would you say as far as advice? Maybe it's something that you wish you would have known yourself when you were starting off in this career. Maybe just a final bit of advice or a final message for the listeners who may be considering a registered dietitian as their career path. Networking, definitely. In finding a mentor, you know, if you really match up with someone that you admire or look up to, stick with them and, you know, you can learn the ropes. And also going to our website, eatright.org, has a student section, fantastic, which wasn't there when I started out in the career. (laughs) And it's so easy for for students to read up the exact steps that it takes if they forget what I just said. It's all on the website, and there are definitely preceptors that will help you. And so the resources and connections with dietitians that want to help and mentor students, it's, it's all right there. So with that, we will wrap up this edition of I Want to Be a Registered Dietitian. We've been speaking with Sarah Krieger, who is the spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Sarah, thanks again for coming on today and sharing your insight with us. Thank you. It's a great talk. And of course, if you have any comments or questions regarding any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us under at the LJN on Twitter and give us your thoughts on this topic or ideas for other podcasts. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.